Hello, welcome back to the Beyond Brontes podcast with me, your host, Abigail Houseman. This week on the show, we have Mark Robinson, the creative director of Wise Owl Films. Wise Owl is one of the production companies that is based up here in Leeds. We talked to Mark about creating ideas, bringing together a team, his start in journalism and why everyone in the North should work in TV. I'm Mark Robinson, I'm creative director of Wise Owl Films. We're a factual um, label of Lime Pictures and we've um, been going in Leeds since um, November 2018. Before that I was at ITV Studios for over 20 years. I founded Shiver, which was um, ITV Studios' first label, which we ran from Kirkstall Road in Leeds, um, as well as offices in Salford and London. And Wise Owl also is based in Kirkstall Road in Leeds. Perfect. So to jump right in, uh, Shiver was a production company within a broadcaster, whereas Wise Owl is an independent. Is there any differences between the two? In some ways, it's not massively different. It's all about getting programmes commissioned and then making them. So no matter who you're working for, whether you're working for a, a big company like ITV Studios or a, you know, whether you're a smaller indie, it's all about getting the ideas commissioned at the end of the day and coming up with them. So it's not massively different, really. Lime's a big company, um, so we're massively supported by them. So the the day-to-day is still, can we come up with ideas that are going to appeal to a broad range of commissioning editors, um, and can we get them commissioned, and then um, can we make these fantastic shows? I think at Wise Owl, we've got a slightly broader range of broadcasters than we had at Shiver, certainly in Shiver Leeds. um, And that's partly because... You know, it's been two years since we were at Shiver in Leeds and the world has changed since then and many new broadcasters have opened up to us, um, not just in the UK but across the world as well. I think we've got a broader remit than we had at ITV Studios, but the fundamentals of it are still the same. Come up with great ideas and then turn them into TV shows. I think that one thing that's not always understood when people look from the outside is how ideas are developed for TV, um, because all they see is the finished product. How do you guys the ideas and develop them well we're absolutely obsessed with coming up with ideas and you know every single day we're probably pitching to commissioning editors one way or the other sometimes it's a simple email sometimes it's in a a face-to-face meet sometimes we're pitching treatments that we've written up so it really depends on what the idea is we're we're always filming sizzle tapes as well that show off characters and what we call precincts that's the area where a, where a, a show might be made or a series might be made it could be a hospital or a vet surgery or you know anything really we feel quite strongly that anybody can come up with an idea um, at Wise Owl it doesn't matter whether you're a production secretary or an executive producer or a development researcher we all come up with ideas because these ideas can come from any part of your life they can come from a conversation that you have with your partner or your mum or your dad or your kids or your friends and we all have those conversations and we all read newspapers or watch tv news or looking at various news sites online or, or social media so it's a, it's a very democratic situation at Wise Owl. I think it's the same at lots of companies too. But we really strongly believe that an idea can come from um, anybody, from anywhere. The question is, what do you do with that idea? Because there's a difference between something that's interesting and how do you make a TV show out of it? And that's the trick, really. Anybody can say we ought to do something about, I don't know, homelessness or unemployment. But, you know, everybody will be thinking about the same topics 
and the trick is trying to find a way of turning that into a tv format or a tv show um, that's where the real skill comes in you have to justify why it has to be a tv show we're sort of you know tv we're in the entertainment industry at the end of the day in in broadcast even in, in journalism you know we're there to entertain we're there to inform as well and so it's all very well thinking we should make a program about this subject or that subject whether it's light or whether it's heavy but there's so many things that people can do now on an evening you know not just watch television but you know all the social media things they can do and all the different you know netflix and all the different things that are available to people so i think it's more important than ever to come up with something that really grabs your attention that's surprising that's entertaining or it's different something that you feel you haven't seen before because we can't take for granted that people are going to sit and just watch television all night in the way that they used to do 30, 40 years ago. Which is why your marketing is so important. Yeah, you're really vying for people's attention and time. It's a privilege to make a programme that somebody's going to watch. It really is. And we've had, I've had that sort of experience before when you're, you're driving past a block of flats or somebody's house or you're on a train and you're seeing that they're watching a show that you've been involved in. And it's an amazing privilege to think that they're giving half an hour or an hour or several hours of their time watching something that you might have spent months being involved in. But you can't take that for granted. There's so many options these days that uh, more and more we've got to come up with something that's different and interesting and exciting and surprising, something that will leave them thinking something or feeling something, whether it makes them want to laugh or cry or think about something in a new way. You know, it's not a captive audience anymore. So we've got to work harder than ever to get that audience watching what we do. Have you ever been tempted to like jump out the car and say, hey, that, that's my name, that's me? <laughs> um, I've been sitting on a train next to somebody watching a programme um, that I exact and laughing away at it, and I was tempted to say, yes, I had something to do with that. <laughs> I thought they might think I was a lunatic, you know, so no, I didn't say anything, but it is nice because, you know, when you make a TV show, if, you, if you're an actor on stage, you get immediate responses, don't you, from the audience, or you're a stand-up comedian. They laugh at your jokes or they don't laugh at your jokes. But until social media, you never really knew what people were thinking about what you made. I started making programmes in the late 90s, and if somebody liked a programme that you made, you might just get a letter from somebody saying, I quite enjoyed that documentary. But now with social media, you can see instantly what people think of your programme, <laughs> for better and worse. I going to say, is that something you're enjoying? Or do you just want to say, please, please stop now? You've got to have a bit of a tougher skin now because there's no programme on earth that 100% of viewers out there is, are going to think is excellent. You know, that's the way it is. So you can um, dwell on the few that didn't like the programme that you made. But I think you've just got to take it for granted that that's going to happen and but it is nice to see people uh, people's reactions and uh, reacting in a way that have shown you that it was worth it they enjoyed it they learned something it changed their minds on something it made them think about something you know that's what we want to do as program makers and it is nice to know that you're on the right track when people do like something whether that be like in a set choice or a topic choice i think there's probably not a lot worse as a program maker than making something and not getting any feedback at all you know not getting any reaction not knowing what people thought about it it's good to know what people thought and it might change how you make it next time round or or something like that so yeah i think silence is probably the worst thing
I think entry-level people and, and just people in general really can relate because sometimes it's not the no that's the hardest thing, it, it's this kind of ghosting or the lack of response which is the most difficult bit. Yeah, I agree. I think it must be really disheartening to be sending off CVs and letters and not getting any response and I don't think there's any excuse for that really. You know, we try absolutely to respond to everybody even if we don't have anything for them at the minute maybe occasionally people might slip through the net but you you definitely if somebody's taking the trouble to write to you email you or whatever find out a bit of information about you i think it's dependent on you to 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 respond in some way so i think you're right i think silence is probably the worst thing that you can you can get and uh, yeah we really there isn't really an excuse for that i don't think so something i'm asking everyone is how did you get started in your career i didn't come from a tv background at all i grew up on um ironwood which is a big council estate in north leeds my dad was a hospital porter, my mum was a staff nurse, we didn't have a car, we didn't go abroad on holiday, we weren't living in poverty by any means, but it wasn't the traditional background for people that you might think should be working in TV. And so if you'd asked me as a 15 year old what I was going to do in my life, TV wasn't anywhere near what I thought I could do really. But I always liked writing stories. I always read books from when I was a kid at primary school. I love reading. And I always wanted to write. And so as I became a teenager, I thought, oh, if I could if I could be a, just a journalist on... Um, we used to get the Leeds Weekly News. I don't know if it still goes anymore, but it was a free news advertiser, Leeds, sort of like a Leeds advertiser. It used to come through your letterbox every week. And I just thought, oh, if I could be a journalist on that, that would be absolutely uh, amazing. But that was some, a million miles away from what I thought I could be doing when I was um, 15, 16. I was doing my A-levels A levels at Lawnswood School on the Ring Road in Leeds there. Um, but I went and did a, de a degree in creative arts at a college of higher education. I did drama and creative writing. I really enjoyed the writing side of it. I edited the, the student newspaper. And then after a couple of years, I thought, I quite like doing this. And I applied for jobs in newspapers um, near where my family family were in the north of England. And uh, eventually I got offered a, um, a traineeship. And I got sent away uh, for six months to Hastings, which seemed like the other side of the world from uh, North Leeds. It was sunny, even in October. And I learned shorthand and the law and... Um, you know, council law and government law and how to type and they used to send us out uh, every week and say don't come back until you've got six stories and you'd look in shop windows for stories of people that had lost their dogs you know or were uh, you know were having jumble sales anything really um, and that sort of showed me as a you know like a 20 year old really that there are stories out there every day in every street so I became a regional newspaper uh, journalist in the northeast on the Northern Echo and the Darlington and Stockton Times in, in the northeast of England. And then from doing the news, I became a, a features writer and they would send me to interview TV stars and pop stars, which was amazing. And w part of the job was going up to Tyne Tees in Newcastle, which was our local TV station. And I would go and do stories on new, uh, TV shows that were launching and interview the stars of the TV shows. And so I found out through that there was a job coming up at Tyne Tees on a politics programme. And I went and had an interview for that. And I got a job as a researcher on a politics programme. So it was my job to look after the politicians that came in to 
to be interviewed on this live sort of panel show and also to research the subjects. So that's how I got started in TV. And I went from politics into the newsroom and then into documentary making. Um, I was reading the news at one point and I found out how bad I was at reading the news. And that made me realize that I should be behind the camera. So I became a producer. Um, but I was lucky because in those days, we're talking about the mid, early to mid 90s now that uh, on a station like Time Tees, you did every job when you were there. So I, I, I was a journalist. I, I worked on sports programs and entertainment programs. I did the news. I did the weather. I did just about everything. And I found out what I was good at and what I was bad at. And so I sort of prioritized what I was good at and tried to do more of that. And that's what got me into documentary making. That sounds like the most amazing crash course education because uh, you've just got to pick stuff up and figure out how it works as you go along. Yeah, you're going on a journey of you're not really knowing what you're doing and you're finding out what you're good at and what you're bad at and what you're interested in. And I suppose, I mean, that was, we're talking, you know, 30 years ago now, but I suppose that could still apply t today, really, if you're working for a, a, a company, it might be a small company where you might go in and do one job and then find out that, you know, maybe somebody's off sick one day and you step in and do their job, whether it's picking up a camera or directing or whatever. And one thing tends to lead to another. And it was the same. I think it's always been like that. One thing leads to another. And you just need to take your opportunities. Don't rule anything out at the start, but work out slowly in your head what you like and what you're good at and what inspires you and what you want to do because you could be working for 30, 40, 50 years in, in an industry. <laughs> so do something that you like. When someone was off sick, uh, how proactive did you have to be in covering that work? Like, did you have to ask or were you just kind of told, here you go, figure it out? Um, it's a long time ago now, but I think um, there was probably a combination of the two of so-and-so being off, so can you do that job? Yeah, I'll do that. You know, And I think you should take those opportunities because you never know where they're going to go. And it might be a cul-de-sac um, and you might not like it, but it might introduce you to a situation or to a person that could change your life. So I always think you should go through those doors and take those opportunities and see what they've got to offer. And those connections lead you to more stories, ultimately, as you were saying earlier. I think all the shows that we do have got a sense of journalism to them. And that journalism started with me way back on regional newspapers. It's, are you telling a story that somebody else might be interested in? And what is it that they would be interested in finding out about? And the same applies when you're making a programme now, is to think, if it was me, what would interest me about this? What don't I know? What would I want to know? So you're trying to get into somebody else's mind and tell them something that they don't know. So you're entertaining, absolutely, but you're informing as well. And they're going away from watching your programme just a little bit wiser, as well as having enjoyed it. It's something that they can talk about to their mates the next day or to their family. Did you know that or this about that? It could be about a, a song or a TV show or a film or an event in history, anything really. So it's, it's a sense of journalism that's the sort of the writing through the stick of rock you know that's everything that we do once you knew a bit more about like the different genres was factual and factual entertainment always the genre you were drawn to i think i've worked in lots of different genres over the years really i, I started off in journalism so it was only natural that i went into television working in straight factual but i've made studio shows as well and entertainment shows um, you know, with audiences as well. I would love to have gone into drama at some point, but the opportunity never arose and there was always lots of documentaries to make. But we've worked at drama ideas as well, uh, factual-based drama ideas. So I think factual is such a broad genre. It takes in so many different tones and shades 
that you can work in factual and never get bored because you can do something really light. I've made shows about with the Muppets, you know, <laughs> really light shows, but we can do quite serious subjects as well. Like um, we did a documentary about the miners' strike, the 30th anniversary, which was nominated for a BAFTA. And that was obviously a really difficult, challenging, emotional subject. So I think that's the thing about factual is you don't necessarily have to be uh, pigeonholed into one particular type of factual program making. And that's what makes it so appealing. So I know this is a bit of a biased question, uh, just going to own up to that now, um, but being a Northern-based company, do you think about that going into development um, or do you try and keep things a bit more broad? I think you have to make the most and take advantage of everything that you can. And I think that being in the North has its advantages and has its disadvantages. The disadvantage is the vast majority of commissioning editors are in London. And so I've done a lot of traveling over the years to see people in London. And that can be challenging sometimes. It's just the sheer cost of it for any indie going to London at least once a week or twice a week or two of you going to London, you know, that really, really builds up. The advantage about being in the North is because most production companies are based in London, it gives you a bit of a USP. And I've always remembered when I started out, seeing a TV company's website in London, and um, this was probably 10, 20 years ago when sort of companies were first having their first sort of websites. And looking at their team of people that made the programmes, and under their pictures, it had the title head girl, head boy, <laughs> for the people that ran the company. And it felt so middle class and so London <laughs> and so far away from my upbringing in Leeds, but also just far, so far away from what we were as a company in Leeds. It sort of spurred me on, really, not in a chip on the shoulder sort of way, more that we were determined that TV shouldn't just belong to you know, people who've been to the best universities and are based perhaps in Soho, but it belongs to all of us. You know, it really, really does. And so that's why you should make an advantage of what could be a disadvantage. We felt it was our duty to stick a flag in the North and to tell stories from the North Partly because you should, but also partly because most people weren't. You know, they were reading national newspapers or looking at their lives in and around London. But why would they be looking at what was going on in the North unless it was a story that they'd seen in the Daily Mail or something? So we decided that we were going to tell as many stories from the North as possible. And uh, that was shown in series like The Lakes that we made in the Lake District in around about 2010. And that was the lives of, of hoteliers and people in that sort of industry in the Lake District. And that led to the Dales with Adrian Edmondson just across the border. And that was about farming life in the Yorkshire Dales. And that led to Tales from Northumberland with Robson Green, you know, so we just moved around the north, really, telling geographical stories and sticking a flag, you know, in each part of the north that wasn't very far from our office. But stories like the Miner Strike and me as well, which has clearly had a northern centre to it, was very important for us to tell those stories. And still today, although we wouldn't clearly just work with northern talent or just want to tell stories about the north of England, I mean, the world is your oyster, really. We definitely want to tell the stories that are on our doorsteps. And, you know, even though both of us have been talking about the North as like this monolithic thing, it is a huge part of the nation as a whole. And there's so many more stories to be told here. Um, hopefully that will be using crews from these places. Uh, so from an entry level perspective, what are you looking for in those entry level candidates? As far as taking on entry level people, it's really um, it's kind of horses for courses. There's so many different types of jobs. Just at Wise Owl alone um, in the last 
18 months we've taken on three entry-level candidates but we wanted different skills in them at different times so that's what we were looking for at the time really there's not one thing it is hard to pick the right person in a sense in that there's a lot of emails there's a lot of cvs a lot of cvs look the same every cv looks fine it looks great you know maybe they've done a, a degree that's got skills that you need that you might need one person we took on did work experience with us first and i think that's always really useful getting your foot in the door showing people how brilliant you are and for us it's about fitting into the team we're not a massive indie uh, at Wise Owl we just started off you know only 18 months in so it's early stages there and it's quite a small team and what we didn't want was somebody who's just going to sit in the corner uh, and be perfectly good but actually not communicate because we wanted people who could be part of the team and we were, we've been fortunate with the three entry level candidates we've taken on they've all been part of the team so when you're meeting somebody you're definitely you're looking a little bit at the CV and what they've done but you're thinking how would you fit in with us if we have brainstorms or maybe we've got a commissioning editor in or we're asking you to do a bit of research on that you know it's I've never been vastly bothered about what somebody did as a degree or even whether they have a degree really it doesn't make much difference to me I've not got a degree I've you know bailed out after two years I'm more interested in somebody's personality their dedication have they done a bit of research on us so they know a bit about us before they've actually come in for the interview or they've emailed us what can be off-putting when it is when you get the same letter that you think probably 20 other companies have got as well and they don't really know what you make you know and they're probably a bit more interested in being a presenter or working for a drama company which is fine but that's not what we do really so I would say knowledge is power do your research we research obviously when we pitch ideas our commissioning editors likes and the broadcasters likes and so it's always slightly impressive when somebody's done a bit of detective work on your company and found out what you've done but it's even more impressive when they genuinely like what you do as well so um, we're looking for a bit of you know spark really it's we're all about the team putting a team together that's gonna that's gonna spark together that's gonna come up with great ideas and make great shows but in terms of specific needs, it really comes down to the job. Are we looking for somebody to work on a programme? In which case, they might have an interest or a bit of experience in that sort of area of programming that we're making. Or are we looking for a general development role? In which case, are we looking for somebody who can pick up a camera, who can edit, possibly as well? Or are we just looking for somebody with a bit more of journalistic experience? Because we were looking for ideas that have got a bit, a bit more of a harder sort of edge to them. So it's really difficult to say exactly what we're looking for because every person that we employ is with a specific role in mind i think that's really interesting because it shows that even if you don't like get a role it's not about you personally but because the fit wasn't right um and you might fit somewhere else in another company better uh, it's amazing some of the horror stories you hear as well about interviews where people go in without doing research and without watching the shows even because watching things is perhaps like the number one tip for anyone wanting to get into the industry <laughs> Definitely, you know, we wouldn't pitch a sports program idea to a company that only made arts shows. And, 
you know, it'd be disappointing as a commission editor to get an idea like that. You'd think, have you not done your research? And I think that's the same for people who want to come and work for us is just definitely do a bit of research. I'd say this to anybody, whether they want to come and work for us or not, is, you know, what sort of programs do you really want to make? Do you want to make sports programs? Do you want to make arts programs? Do you want to make entertainment shows? You know, what is it that you want to do? And target those companies, find out who runs the companies or find out from the end credits or IMDB who made those shows and contact them and tell them how much you love the program and wouldn't it be fantastic if you could come in and have a cup of coffee with them and just get a bit of advice even if there's not a job going so knowledge is power do some detective work and contact the people who work for the companies that you really want to work for because you love their shows uh, I just want to circle back briefly to the points you were making about teamwork um, what does that team look like and like do you have any advice for people who are a bit worried about being that new person in an already established team Teamwork is really important in television. You know, there's the sort of wider team of the company um, and then there's the smaller team of the production. We all depend on each other. We all listen to each other's ideas. We all respect each other's ideas. I think that you're just looking for somebody when you employ somebody that will fit into your team. There are lots and lots of different teams, isn't there? You might be working on one show for six months, but then you might be working in development where you're working with a wider group of people, I suppose, across the company. So I think it is important to fit into the team, but I wouldn't worry about that. I think if we brought you in, we've probably thought you would fit into that team anyway. And certainly when we're staffing up a program or a development team, we're already putting together the various parts of that team in our head and thinking if, as we meet you, you probably fit in pretty well to this because you like those sort of shows or you've got that sort of background or those sort of interests or those sort of skills. So I think you should let us worry, worry about whether you fit into the team or not. You're sort of saying it's it's not your prerogative. We just want you to turn up and be good at what you do. Yeah, it's up to us to make you feel part of the team. And so I think we're pretty good at putting teams together. So I won't worry about that. One of the questions that we ask everyone is, uh, do you think you faced any barriers getting into the industry? I think for me, I never thought I could work in television. I didn't apply to work in television. I went in through regional journalism. So I, I did it in sort of incremental steps. But if I could advise my 15-year-old self out there in North Leeds now, I would just say, go for it. Because the stories are out there everywhere in your life, you know, in your past, in your present, in your future, in your head, um, in your family, in your home, in your circle of friends. You can, everybody's got a story. It doesn't matter whether you're brought up in Yorkshire and you didn't go to university or you were brought up in London and you went to Oxbridge. It doesn't matter. There's room out there for everybody's stories and you can share it with the world and change the lives of people who are listening to your story. Go out and inspire them as well. There is no barrier. It's only in your head. I think that there are lots of production companies now in Yorkshire um, whether in scripted or in factual and if you want it hard enough if you want it enough you will get a job with them so don't let anything be a barrier use everything to your advantage whether it's your geography your social background you whether you've not got a degree use it to your advantage make a positive out of everything and you'll get where you want to get the, the other thing to remember is it's working in television isn't always about being ant and deck in front of the camera and um, some pe people forget that there's so many roles that need filling to make um, the whole thing work so yeah 
yeah, there's program makers and there's lots of different aspects of program making. You can be a you can be a presenter, but not many people are. You can be a camera operator, or you can be you work with sound, or you can be an editor, uh, edit assistant. But also think about you know the the jobs behind the scenes. Like we've got lawyers, um, accountants, IT specialists, everything that a normal company has, if you like, a television company has too. And more than ever, it's jobs like um, social media. Uh, and publicity, press, marketing. So it's such a wide range of jobs. Basically, what we're saying is everyone in the north of England should come and work in TV. I mean, and I've been lucky. I've worked worked in TV for the best part of 30 years now, and I've managed to be based all of that time in the north of England. And that's what we want for people starting their careers out in television now, to have their entire careers in the north as well. I think it's more possible now than it might have looked two or three years ago. So I would just say go for it. Thank you so much to Mark for joining me. If you want to find out more about Wise Owl Films, there will be links in the show notes, as well as all the links to things about Beyond Brontes and Screen Yorkshire. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Beyond Brontes. And if you want to get in touch, you can email us beyondbrontes at screenyorkshire.co.uk. The music you're listening to now and in the intro was Soda Machine by Cabalistic Village. We will be back in two weeks' time for our last episode of the series, which you definitely don't want to miss. So we will see you then. Bye!